This is the time of year where the road to immortality begins. But the truth is, it starts tonight. Because tonight, we are in Philadelphia. For decades, men and women have come here to settle their grievances, and they've done so in a fashion most extreme. But this isn't about dwelling in the past. This is about creating the future. I am the champion! For the first time, I know exactly who I am. And I am the next NXT champion! What the? Oh, Shayna Baszler! You want to bully someone, Shayna? Well, I dare! to try that with me. The icons of tomorrow will sacrifice on that canvas tonight. In Philadelphia, I will mangle and embarrass Alistair Black. You brought me to this realm, Adam. You chose this path. I embody extreme rules. Talent, courage, passion. Tonight, we take over. We will overthrow the system. We will smash the status quo. We will give you a reason to join this revolution. Because we are here, and we are NXT. What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Jargo and RBV here in your post-takeover Philadelphia, your review show, the wrap-up show, here for Hameen Media, thegorillaposition.com, as well as Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. That's all the intro you're going to get for this show, because, Rick, I didn't write an open I didn't write a format. We are just here immediately, just minutes removed from NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. Before we jump too far into it, let's get your overall thoughts on the show. What did you think of this show? I was going to say, you know, I was going to kind of come in cold as well because tonight it's just about the N to the X to the T. You know, like you said, we are just moments removed. I tell you what, the, the feeling, the vibe that I was getting from, you know, those, those in the arena, those that were participating over in the Hameen Media Discussion Group live chat with us. Everybody was excited. Everybody is hyped. Everyone's feeling good. And I have to say that I agree with the masses. Thought it was a great evening. I didn't feel disappointed or let down in any way. I'm ready to dive into it. Uh, once again, before we get too far into this, major shout out to Acer for running our thread over in the Hameen Media Discussion Group. That guy does... An absolutely incredible job. I don't know how in the world he runs these damn threads. Uh, I'm actually trying to pull up the numbers right here when I have them. 815 comments in the Hami Media Discussion Group tonight. If you're not joining us there, you are absolutely missing out. Find us tomorrow for the Rumble. I'm sure that's going to be an absolutely incredible show. So let's, let's talk about TakeOver Philly. 
I thought it was an incredible show, man. I thought the crowd was awesome. I thought the commentary was awesome. I thought the wrestling was awesome. I thought the presentation was awesome. I really have absolutely nothing to complain about on this show. And for a WWE show, that is quite the change. I was going to say, you know, you're really going to have to twist my arm to get you to nitpick at anything. I, it's it's going to be quite difficult. So I, I want to say, let's start at the beginning. You know, let's start at the pre-show. For any of those that have listened to any of our podcasts in the past, if we're talking about these pay-per-view events, you know, one of, you know, my main gripes is that I don't feel that they can really capitalize those pre-shows to make them, there's no reason to, to tune in, to even pay attention to these things. I loved how they ran out here. They had their, their NXT 2017 awards going on through this thing. Uh, did you know, you, did you know that was going to happen? Were you aware actually, of that going into I it? Not, I did not know. I didn't know either, and I watch NXT every week. I had I, absolutely I no know. idea they were doing this. I actually was taking my time to to get logged on for for the pre-show, and it just it, I got a, an alert on my phone that um, so and so had won. It was the first one was the feud of the year, I believe, where you had Dream take, accepting it there, and I was like, "Oh, hold on!" So you know, I, I made sure to hurry up and rush to get on to get on the network to see what this was all about. That was you know that was a great bonus. It gives you something to that you can invest in throughout that show. But then I think the, the biggest surprise of the pre-show, hey, and it, it was crazy to see him there at first, but what a hell of a job he did. Samoa Joe joining the panel. I never would have thought that Joe would have a career in commentary whenever his wrestling career is over. But boy, has my attitude on that changed after tonight. Joe was fantastic on that panel. Didn't expect it at all, but he brings a sense of legitimacy to what he's doing. As opposed to Sam Roberts, who has no legitimacy whatsoever. Now, see, I kind of I like the dynamic there. You know, you, you kind of have you know that ultimate NXT fan, that that smarky guy there. You know, I, I got I got all the respect in the world for Sam because you know what, he's made it in something we're trying to do. Hey, I, I love Sam Roberts, but he, I, I, I he is the epitome of a nerd. He's in that Sean Hannity category for me, where like I can listen to him all night, but the second I have to look at him, I just hate his guts. So I don't know. I see, I like the dynamic there because you could even, and I don't know, maybe if it was the actual intensity or you know, hats off to Sam, but you could either you could actually tell you know there was like a nervous vibe from him because he, he's actually sitting there next to this guy that won't hesitate if you say something the wrong way to him or or piss him off, you know, just go way over the edge. He's going to grab a hold of you and put you in that clutch. Yeah, it felt like you were just waiting for Joe to choke Sam Roberts out, and I would have popped so hard for that. That would have been worth my $10 for WWE Network this month. Uh, were there any other surprises as far as the awards go? I mean, we have Aleister Black basically cleaning up tonight, and then we have Asuka winning the Performer of the Year. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't surprised with Asuka winning either of those. You know, Black really did surprise me a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I'm, I'm not sure that that was necessarily the right choice, but my understanding is this went off a fan vote, so I can't shit on it too much. But, I mean, when you look at the first six months of the year versus the second six months of the year, I'm not sure that Aleister Black was necessarily worthy of that award, but I, I can't hey, argue you know, it too much it, either. A lot of it is of what, if, what has he done for me lately in any one of these kinds of polls. And as you said, this was something for the fans. It was something fun for them. You know, they're going to choose their favorites. Yep. Uh, since we saw Alistair Black take like four of these awards, is he more over than we think he is? 
that was the first thing I really took from this award show thing. It was like, is Alistair Black more over than I think he is? I, you'd have to agree, you know, because as you said, this was a fan vote and they came out in, you know, overwhelming masses to support him here. What is it about Alistair Black that people like? Is it that the mystique is still there because we don't see him on Twitter posting pictures and Instagram and all this other shit? Is it because he has that CM Punk kind of vibe? It is. I mean, you you have a part. You have that punk vibe. You know, people always kind of like that bad boy, different, that dark side. And yeah, you know, he hasn't exposed himself in any way. Not that I've seen. I'm, I'm not sure I've ever seen the guy do an interview outside of the universe. Well, see, there you go, then. You know, people can just say, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it, what you see on the television and what's scripted shouldn't parlay into their real life. Well, you, you know what? That's nice. You can say that. But it is just ingrained in professional wrestling. That's the way this business works. You, you have to have that sense of believability. And when you go expose yourself, I don't care who you are, what you're doing. You expose that character that you're presenting to the masses. It's going to come back and burn you. Uh, one other thing I would like to point out. We made this comment on the uh, pre-show. I saw somebody else. I think it was maybe the Gooch made the comment tonight. If you take Authors of Pain off of this show... And you put Chris Hero on thyroid medication. This is a 205 live show. Yeah, actually, I went back as uh, we were, I was listening to Triple H and press conference. I was going through some of the weights of the individuals to see how accurate that was. Uh, since, you know, you take out, you know, besides the run-ins from the Sanity crew, but right, you take out people that were scheduled. You take out three of them, AOP and Chris Hero or, you know, Casey Ono. You've got a 205 roster. It's a 205 live show. And it was well, awesome. I wouldn't say that because I've seen a 205 show. And right, but I'm just saying you, you know, there, there are some of our pundits and our comrades who seem to think that cruiserweight wrestling won't sell. Well, tonight was basically a cruiserweight show, and it was fucking awesome. Well, and I think a lot of it has to do... It's the presentation. It's well, it's a presentation, and then you do have the stigma of that 205 Live. They would have called it something else, I, I think, you know, just to get rid of those weight classes. It, it, those are, that's something in Western wrestling that has rarely ever stuck. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And especially, especially as a main selling point. You know, the WCW division was incredible. But it was but it also was the opening of the show. Yeah, it was second fiddle. But then you would take those same guys who weren't just – you know, labeled as cruiserweights when they were with e with ECW and they were the main, you know, the main event highlights. Right. Yeah. Well, let's oh, jump. One more thing. One more thing on the pre-show, man. I, I still thought it was weird. I know it was a fan vote, but to continually shove Oscar down the NXT, you know, down there, that, that fan base's throat, to just constantly remind you that maybe the division's not as good as it should be. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. Because I think of all the matches on this card, that might be the only match that I think people might be a little bit disappointed in. I love the match, but... I was going to say, I, 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 believe me, I would love to get in a conversation with them. Yeah, I'm going to make an argument here as we get to it that I thought that was, you know, for me, from certain aspects, was just as good as the Extreme Rules match. Well, the show kicks off with Paul Heyman, which is a, a little bit of a different touch. I understand the Philadelphia connection here. What did you think of Paul Heyman opening the show and the actual open of the show? You know, I, 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 I was, I was feeling it, you know, it, 
you're right though. I mean, it does see, you know, we haven't really connected Paul with, you know, the NXT leagues yet or that brand, but there is that history with Philadelphia. And I guess if, if anyone's going to do it for you, uh, it would be him. Correct. And I imagine, you know, can you imagine sitting in that arena and you're listening to that? I mean, that's going to get that crowd really, really heating up. Well, and I guess there's two trains of thought here and I'm, I'm quickly coming to realize there's Hunter's train of thought. And there's Vince's train of thought. Vince's train of thought is let's completely ignore it and just do what we're going to do. Hunter's train of thought is there's history here. Let's play off of it and do something with it. And that very much seemed like the theme throughout this entire show. I'm watching the show going, if I'm on the main roster, I'm having a fit. Because these guys tore the freaking house down. Like Hunter said in the post thing, we're going to have to put the roof back on this place because they blew it off again. Well, and, and, you know, just not just not with Paul just being present in his words. The other visuals there in that package were really nice. They did a great job, you know, the blending in what we could expect with the city. And the history. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's 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 jump into the card. Undisputed Era uh, kicking things off against Authors of Pain. Uh, I think you and I both thought that Velveteen Dream versus Cassius Ono was going to open the show. I think this was the right call, though, after seeing the two matches. Uh, the Dream versus Ono match, while good, definitely felt like a come-down match after this tag match. If you enjoy tag team wrestling, I thought this match was freaking fantastic. And, you, know, you know, looking at it now, we both had it as the opener. It didn't have any build coming in. We just got the announcement last Wednesday on, you know, not even on television. It was just on a press conference. So you're right, man. Let's let's get this hot tag team match out here. Uh, which, by the way, I loved how they worked both of these team styles into this. And I thought there was some some very solid storytelling here. The power of Authors of Pain versus the technical prowess that is the Undisputed Era. And it and it was a slow burn for undisputed to start getting, you know, take control. They had to sit there and chop the big men down. They had to work that body part and catch that break with, you know, to expose a weakness. Now we were talking about the revival earlier this week and them basically getting buried by DX. And we've also talked about the revival and how, you know, when they're presented on raw, you can't give them a three to four minute match. This match went 14 minutes and 50 seconds. So basically a 15-minute match. When's the last time you remember a 15-minute tag team match on the quote-unquote main roster? Hell in a Cell, maybe? New Day you know, just, just as a as a traditional tag team match? I mean, because you got to think that they slap a gimmick on that thing. Yeah. I mean... You know, it's, it's a traditional... I mean, it, it'd be hard-pressed. Like, I'd really have to go back... And look at something there. I mean, they got to, they've got plenty of teams that are capable of it, but they just don't get the time for it. Well, and that's really the, the, the story here. I mean, in NXT, they use that tag division, and they rely on that tag division to give them 15 minutes on a takeover. On the you main know, roster, thing, hell, you know, we, we, we don't need the tag watching, team division. One, time, one thing watching this match that I kind of started thinking about in the future, we've got so many great talents uh, in the yellow brand, even, you know, on Raw, on SmackDown, that really just need to thrive in that tag team situation. 
Yep. Yep. And my biggest fear is, you know, they're not big on it when Vince gets his hands. You know, when Vince is involved, he's not big on the tag team wrestling. Yeah, look at what he did to the Ascension, what he's done to the Revival. It's just one thing. I, I've heard so many different things. You know, he just doesn't think it sells. He just thinks there's more money in single stars. You've got some of these great guys you can keep together. Just think back to some of your glory days of, you know, rock and wrestling. When you had the great tag teams of professional wrestling. And they got a they got a seriously scary foundation to do something special with tag team wrestling. I think Vince views tag team wrestling very much the same way he views women's wrestling and very much the same way he views cruiserweight wrestling. Novelty acts. It, they're they're all novelty acts that are worthy of about five minutes on my show. And that's about it, because I ain't making any goddamn money with them. Um, as far as the match itself goes, Undisputed Era cuts the ring off, goes after Authors of Pain's knees. I mean, it, I thought this was genius storytelling. How do the little guys beat up the big guys? Like you said, you chop them down. Yeah, Technical well, wrestling. Hey, we're quicker than them. We can strike. We're technicians. You use that to your advantage. Try to slow these guys down. And, and especially, hey. If, so, if you're dealing with power, you take away what's driving it and you take away the legs. I saw, I think it was Gooch made the comment in the, in the thread as this match was going on. How is that little guy who weighs 90 pounds throwing around that big, you know, 300 pound guy? My response oh, yeah, was I, technique. Yeah. And I completely agreed with you there. You know, there's a lot of times we see some moves that they pull off and they come out of nowhere and you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't work. This one worked. He was in the right position. He, the guy is a technician. He knows how to use his leverage and use his own, you know, the strength he has in his own weight and his, and his opponent size to his advantage. Yeah, there's something about even just the way Kyle O'Reilly moves around the ring, you know, that, that he just he has that MMA quality that you never know when he's going to out wrestle you. And I love that about him. I, I've always thought that O'Reilly has big money in a baby face as a single. But yet he's never caught on because he has no personality once you take Bobby Fish away. That's from what him. I'm saying. He, 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 those are two guys that moving forward could be, you know, household names, blockbusters, but they need each other. Yep. Yep. Is this it for Authors of Pain? You, you'd have to. I mean, we would say this after every discussion we have. I think this them. is the third takeover now where we've said, is this it for Authors of Pain? I just, at this point. What is there really for them to do? You know, unless they stick around to put over War Machine at WrestleMania. But you know, at this point, that would be three takeover. That would be three takeovers in a row, a six-month span where they're just putting over people. And I think the time is right. They can move on to either the tag tag divisions, you know, Raw or SmackDown. I prefer to see them on Raw. I know there was quite a bit, you know, buzz. You know, immediately everybody wants everyone to debut at the Rumble. I don't think there's a right time and place for these guys on Sunday night, but I could see them Monday or Tuesday. Uh, let's talk about some of the other debuts that we saw on this uh, show. You you mentioned War Machine. We got to see them sit front front row. That you know what? That's probably one thing I'll nitpick at. You didn't like I, War Machine up front. I, you know what? With that gimmick and who they are, I don't need to see them that way. Seeing War Machine to me. I mean, like, th they have that kind of Viking pilvage kind of gimmick going for them. Right. But they've always struck me as prize fighters, too. Like, because it seems like wherever they go, they're collecting gold. Like, they are after titles. So they're still businessmen. 
in that respect. Uh, well, man, that goes into your Viking thing. What did the Vikings do? They, they were conquerors. Yep. They went after to, to claim everything you have, your riches. Raven Pilvage, look out when I just, I just think, War you know, it, it, it's cool for everyone to see him and everyone else is getting that treatment. And the, this is nitpicking. I Absolutely. just would have held, held them off. And uh, I didn't like seeing him in their, in their regular gear or you know, street gear. I would have held them off until their debut. We also got to see Ricochet sitting front row. And uh, I see you rolling your eyes. I kind of rolled my eyes when I saw this. And I love Ricochet. I absolutely love this guy. But they show him on camera. And the first thing he does is he puts his hands up to his ear. And he's, you hear that? You hear that? It's like, dude, you ain't nearly as over as you fucking think you are. Yeah. Sit in front row at NXT in Philadelphia. You bet. They're going to pop for you. Let me know when you're in fucking Sioux Falls, South Dakota, wrestling in front of 200 fucking people in an armory, how fucking over you are. Calm the fuck down and uh, just learn your shit. You're not as good as you think you are. That's my ricochet rant. Rick, go ahead. Hey, I, I'm just going to let you roll with it there, man. Uh, I thought EC3 looked good. EC3 looked, looked great. He looked, he looked like a... He you looks know, like a main eventer. Well, that's what he still needs that transition so people can really understand, you know, who he is, what he's about. NXT is a perfect place for that. But when they went to him, I mean, that guy just screamed superstar. Okay, but EC3 is one of those people to me, kind of like Elias. I'm not sure that character is going to work in NXT, but I feel like that character needs to go through NXT. Is he good enough in the ring? Could you put him in the ring with Andrade Cien Almas after that match you saw that Johnny Gargano had with Almas tonight and trust EC3 I, to put on that kind of match? I don't I don't think you're going to you don't need that same kind of match. That's why you can have variety. You need to you need to, I think you need to teach these guys how to work with a variety of stars. Yeah. And, I just I He's got that hey. Cody Rhodes thing going for me where it's like, yeah, okay, I get the character. The character's awesome. Now fucking wrestle. Well, any he, hey, here's here's another Another way to look at that, you know, he's going to come and get himself refamiliarized with, you know, some changes that have happened in WWE. He's going to spend a little time there. But in doing so, you know, some of these other guys that need to learn other styles and what they are doing in NXT, he's going to provide that opportunity. There is that. When you're working with him, he's going to give he's going to give you the skill set that you're going to be working against if you eventually move on to Raw or SmackDown. Let's move on to somebody else that I think has kind of been that same uh, category as EC3 and uh, um, Ricochet, and that being the you're not as good as you think you are category. And that's the Velveteen Dream, who defeated Cassius Ono on this show. I love Velveteen Dream. I love his character work, and I love what he's doing. He's still got a ways to go. He's still pretty green in that ring. That was my takeaway uh, I, tonight. Yeah, yeah, I would say yeah. From you know a technical standpoint, yeah, yep. it's still green is you know the finest Bermuda grass. Well, and and everybody was but, praising him after that Alistair Black match, and I said, okay, now let's just take a step back. This is this kid's like first like real main big show. It's against Alistair right. Black, who's one of the best talents in the world. Yeah, he put on a great match. But most of it was character work. And tonight, again, most of it was character work. And it was good. 
but he's got a ways to go. I'm not ready to anoint him like some people seem to be right now. No, I, I still think, you know, he's got until like you, I think he would almost maybe even have like a year oh, until you really consider, consider him like a contender yeah. or someone that's a true top star in NXT. Tons of potential in that kid though. Hey, Tons. right now, right now he's, he's one of those great opening acts or, you know, if you feel like you need a slow point, but he can still keep your crowd buzzing. Because I'll tell you what, that audience in Philly, they were eating him up, baby. They loved it. Uh, Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. I would love to see that. Ricochet is going to create enough motion that the match itself is going to look awesome. And Velveteen Dream might be able to pull a little bit of character out of Ricochet. Would love to see that. Uh, I want to look at the other side of this coin. What do you see? What's next for Cassius Ono? Is he going to stay in this gatekeeper role? Do you ever see Ono making it to the main roster? You know, we were um, we were praising commentary. I I really loved him here because we everyone knows that Ono has is pretty much fallen into this gatekeeper role. They constantly remind us, hey, this and this is one thing that I, I really really love about the NXT product. You know, he reminded us that that Ono is an 18-year veteran. He's won 47 championships around the world. You know, he constantly reminds you, this this isn't just a gatekeeper. This isn't just your run-of-the-mill gatekeeper. This guy, he's one of the best in the world, and though he might be in that position now, he's still hungry, and at any moment, he could snap and go right back into that main event scene or go chasing for a championship. I want to see Chris Hero transition into being a trainer at NXT. That's what I want to hey, see. The guy, is, the guy is a great trainer, man. If you go down, if you look through some of the best names out there, some of the hottest names on the independent scene, some of the biggest names that you know, he's had a hand in helping them out. Yep. I, I, I think he would be a great person to have employed at the Performance Center. I, and I've got a feeling I have you know, nothing to back this up. This is just going off gut. I think that's where they're looking at him. That's kind of where it feels like it's going now, doesn't it? That's kind of where it feels like it's going. Uh, speaking of the commentary and how great Mauro Ronaldo is when he can just call the action and be a play-by-play guy without having to be the narrator for SmackDown Live, because he's not good at that, but he can call the hell out of a wrestling match, especially when you have somebody like Shayna Baszler that Mauro Ronaldo has followed her entire MMA career and can put off as a legit threat to the new defending champion, Ember Moon. Hey, amazing job there, but you're talking about just his knowledge. Just to you know, skip back real quick to just give him a little bit more praise. And I will say, sometimes Ronaldo does go when he starts too many with his catchphrases, but, but when he, man, with the energy and the knowledge, man, he helped put over the Velveteen Dream gimmick, the boxing thing, because all the history that he had. Yeah, there, his boxing he history had, made that whole match. Yeah, I mean, it was the perfect compliment. To what we had been going on there, where you know, if this had if that had happened, you know, tomorrow night, it just would have been Graves and Saxon bickering about each other about foxy boxing or some shit. But but anyway, did a great job, you know, just just letting us know the the history, how dangerous Baszler is. Uh, he called it perfect right there, and all around, what what were you thinking going into this one? I thought this match went exactly the way I wanted it to, man. Uh, Baszler dominates Moon. Baszler gets a little cocky, makes a rookie mistake. Moon rolls her up, and that's all she wrote. 
Now, see, I like because we both threw out our, our pitches there, and I was going to have it as a stoppage and a dusty DQ. But they kind of worked both of our ideas together. You know, you had the mistake. And then when she when you saw that look in her face, like, y'all, oh, fuck this. Yeah, when Baszler was sitting in the corner as they were helping Moon get out of the ring, I'm just like, oh, it is on yep. now. This 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 was not the uh, beginning, the middle, and the end of this story. This is just the prologue. This thing's just getting warmed up. We were wondering if it's time for Ember Moon to come to the main roster. Uh-uh. Shayna Baszler going to be a thorn in this girl's side for a long time coming. You've got a hot program here that you could really get some steam behind. Hey, and I, th- I thought the story here was great. I thought the match itself was good. You just got the domination. Uh, and I, you know, I came into the show saying I really never could feel Moon. I want to tip my hat to her tonight. I thought she did a great job. Played her role perfectly. I really like Baszler's style. Because, I mean, even as much like, you know, MMA training as Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish have, and as much as they bring that UFC style to the WWE ring, Shayna Baszler, that's the real fucking deal, man. She comes out and it feels like this is going to be a fight. There's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. And somebody is leaving with a prize. And it's probably going to be her. She may have lost this match, but she's absolutely the one that went over tonight. You want you want a badass, just dominant monster. It's, that's how you do it. You know, they don't come out and just try to tell us she's that while she's all decked out in you know, her blush and her mascara. And then she goes right to the back and, t- and hits social media saying that she's a, she wants to be a doll baby. No, Vaser gives you that look like she's just a mean bitch, dude, that even if you're a dude, you don't want to run into her. And I saw a few people inside of the the discussion group tonight that was just like, you know, yeah, this is cool, but let's be frank, Baszler's nothing to look at. And it's like, well, yeah, but doesn't that kind of add to the gimmick? You know, like Pitbulls, you know, are kind of cute, but, you know, they could tear your fucking arm off, too. Were you guys all sitting around uh, 15 years ago just pounding your pud to China? Right. You know, it's like, what, what do you guys want? Do you really want bra and panty matches? Because it's that's kind of how you came across tonight. Baszler's the real fucking deal. I enjoyed watching that match tonight. It felt like a fight. Not some choreographed dance. It felt like a fight. That damn arm check. I think just, it, it hurts watching it. Man. Yeah, I, I, I like me some Shayna Baszler, but... I feel like there's a limit on that gimmick too, because eventually somebody's going to have to whip her ass. And once she gets her ass whipped, that's all she wrote. Your trick with it is it, it, it kind of goes back, you know, like to, you know, one of the classic lines you heard of, you know, made by Bobby Heenan when they beat Goldberg, you know, he got in the car with the rest of the crew that night and said, well, the ride's over guys. Yep. Yep. We exposed it. it. Yep. Well, and I, I kind of feel like you could go that way with any of these like big gimmick performers. I mean, we, we saw the Andre the Giant uh, trailer that came out last night that uh, Mr. Ryan K. Bowman over at the Gorilla Position posted. And I got to thinking about Andre a little bit. You can't unslam Andre. Once Andre's been slammed and beaten, what the hell do you do with him? You know? He, he, well, he was slammed. Vince just did a hell of a job making sure no one knew about it. But, right. But, but in, in this, in this world, you know, today's age, you have to be really, you have to be tricky about how you do that. Yeah. And, you know, this, this, you know, this was kind of a, a good way 
first time, you know, first real time out for her. You know, we've seen her in the tournament. We've seen her, we've seen her lose in the tournament. And then first big match in NXT, they give her the loss. Yeah. And so they have, they're buying themselves some time where it still is. And it, you know, and she immediately got her heat back tonight, but they're buying themselves some time. Like, okay, she still has to learn. The nice thing but, is they're, they're presenting her as, yeah, she's legit, but she's a rookie and she makes rookie mistakes. Right. And they sold it that way. Yep. So then you have the intrigue of, man, what if, what when she gets to that point where she gets this down? What happens when she figures it out? What happens when she figures it out? Uh, let's, let, let's move on to the fourth match of the night. Alistair Black and Adam Cole, 22 minutes of extreme rules mayhem. These guys are hitting each other with everything but the kitchen sink. At a certain point, even my wife, who watches NXT very casually, looks over at me and goes, what in the hell are they going to do in the main event? See, my problem with these, I, maybe I'm just becoming numb to these extreme rules matches. Especially early on, they move way too slow. I only, I, I only thought there was like 40% of this match was exciting because you just because there's so much setup for spots. Yeah, there is that. And there's a lot of character work. A lot of character work right. went into this so, extreme it, rules match. You know, getting into the, like the story and all of it, and then just setting up spots. It, it just had the pacing was was so slow for me for probably the first. Well, how, how long did you say it went? Twenty two minutes. Twenty two minutes. Okay, so the first fifteen minutes seemed slow to me. Yeah, I can kind of get that. But then when you really get it heated up and you get going, yeah, it was a great finish. You know. Uh, and there were some great, like there were some great spots throughout the match. Um, hell, I, that, that What'd you think of the Van Daminator super kick off the top rope through the fucking tables? Like it was almost too much. That was one of those things you just come to expect. Like, and, cause you know, cause everything's, you got the, the gimmick stuff and all that. Yeah. I, I tell you one of the early spots that got me that just kind of, I had to cringe for is when Cole took that straight off the top or his upper back on the top of that chair. That was a crazy stupid bump. That was That's a crazy thought, stupid bump. My first thought was, did they misplace those chairs or, or who the hell approved this? I mean, that is dangerous right there. Yeah. Like how the fuck do you work that? <laughs> you know, there's no work in that. Well, and then, well, I was glad they went back and showed the replay. I'm going to go back and watch it. Cause I thought maybe they had the good timing where, where he got his feet down and then slid it off. But no, he took from the replay that I've seen. He's, he took it straight off the upper part of his back. There was one spot that did kind of bother me, and uh, the only time that I saw the Ayatollah himself, Mr. Ben Hameen, chime in during this entire conversation, I, I said that I hate the convulsion cell spot, where, where, where it looks like somebody's going into convulsions as they're selling something. And he said, you know, there is a time and a place, depending you know where it is inside of the match, where it is on the card, and I completely agree with him, as long as it's the finish. You start going into convulsions. I don't want to see you making a comeback. I just I hate that spot. That that ranks right up there with the headbutt spot to me anymore. When I saw, you know, we as we said we were both over in the Hameen Media discussion group, and I saw quite a few people that were kind of disappointed that Sanity got involved in this thing. What'd you take from that? Makes absolute sense to me. We we talked about why they weren't on this show. Uh, Killian Dane doing a freaking suicide dive. I mean. Come on, man. It's a good thing you had like six guys on the freaking outside to catch that big motherfucker. Don't need to be seeing <laughs> what, that. I, what, I mean, what a crazy ass dive there. But 
Yeah, going back, it made complete sense to have them enter into this Inside the narrative of this story and inside the narrative of this show, sanity interfering here made absolute total sense. Made total sense. I still kind of think that we see Nikki Cross tomorrow. Really hope we see Killian Dane tomorrow. Really hope I never see Killian Dane do another suicide dive. My God. I'm, I'm really expecting to see him tomorrow. And if I'm believe, I'm thinking if Vince or anyone close to him catches the film of that dive tonight, they might we might see that tomorrow because he wouldn't be eliminated. Oh, if they just had like eight guys catch Killian Dane. <laughs> you have some mass, you have some mass like over the top where those people are out, and then Dane just does the through the rope. Ooh. I mean the big E one when Big E does that scares the shit out of me, but good God, Killian Dane doing it? Come on, man. No wonder the cruiserweights can't get over. Jesus Christ. Speaking of cruiserweights, let's talk about the main event of the evening, Andrade Cien Almas. Well, hey, hold on, because I know going into this you expected Cole to go over. I mean, what was your thought on that finish? I'm I was fine with it. I was completely fine with it. I I, I was really 50-50. I just thought that Cole needed to go over. I, I don't feel like Adam Cole has very many signature wins in his time in NXT outside of war games. And that, well, I mean, you know, it's three on three on three. Well, that was my concern with them putting a the gimmick on this thing is because, you know, this was only his second, like real marquee match. And they've both been gimmick matches. And, and Alistair a- Black already beat him in the tournament. So I thought logically speaking, this is where Adam Cole gets his win back. Well, you know, my first thought was going back to these awards, like Black just cleaned up. This is another trophy he can get through this evening. And then when he went over, that's when I really got the feeling about this main event. Yep, because that's got to be the next program, doesn't it? Yes. That's got to be the next program. Andrade Cien Almas with Zelina Vega defeats Johnny Wrestling clean. Like straight up beat his ass clean. And I know a lot of fans out there, you know, just they're shooting from the hip here. Their first instinct to say that they're kind of upset with this decision. It should have been Johnny's moment. You and I talked before we went on the air. We both are perfectly, perfectly fine. Maybe not, maybe more than fine with how this went down. Yep. Uh, Champa versus Gargano does not need the title. In any way, shape, or form. I mean, that's going to be, if that is not the feud of the year for 2018, there is something wrong. Now let's go back. Let's, let's talk about the match a little bit. Freaking incredible, dude. These two tore the freaking house down. People were like, what are they going to do after Aleister Black versus Adam Cole? You're going to get a technical wrestling clinic. Well, I, I know over in the Hameen discussion group, you know, I immediately, after we get done with these big shows, I have the poll up asking for match of the evening. Let me pull this up here real quick. I'm I know curious it was, in this poll. I, I know it was close out of the gate when we started recording. Uh, you know, the favorite at first was that Extreme Rules match, and I don't think that match held a candle to this championship match. I, I thought these two went out there and absolutely killed it. Uh, there was a couple times where I started, maybe they were going, you know, the false finishes were getting to be a little too much. And especially that one right when the match ended, I said, please let this be the end of the match just for the sake of, you know, killing the believability. And I think they ended it at the right time. 
that shot to the to the corner and then throwing him over to the ring for the finish. Dude, that shot in the corner was freaking savage looking. Savage looking. 32 minutes and 34 seconds this match went. Was it too long of a match? Or were you invested the whole 32, 34? I was, I was pretty excited. Um, I, w- I was excited the entire time. I, didn't, I did look at the clock a couple times because I just know we were getting ready to record. And I wanted to get a couple posts out about the show immediately following what was going on. So I was looking at the clock. And I was like, hey, they're, they're letting these guys go here. I thought the storytelling around it was, was pretty was great. I thought the, the commentary, you know, how they stayed up on, you know, the story of Johnny. But they continually reminded you of everything that almost has as a champ. You know, he has the, the prestige, the history, the pedigree. You know, he's got Vega. I thought they did a great job of really selling both of these guys as, you know, world-class competitors that, that neither one wants to say die, wants to give up. You know, Johnny being the, the hero here is going to reach down and give you everything he has to get this win. And almost he's just going to do whatever it takes to get this win. It kind of felt like a Daniel Bryan match, didn't it? That crowd that. was getting behind Johnny wrestling. Well, Hey, that's what that's what you want from that, right? You want it, you want that ultimate baby. I've been saying that forever. Reaction. Johnny Gargano you, is the next Daniel Bryan. Well, they they told you that narrative in the commentary, and then we yep. ended up, you know, we got the huge yes chant when when Johnny's starting to mount that big comeback. When you feel like this has to be his moment, one of the parts of this match that really put this over for me is the match tonight. Which is what you want from any real good wrestling match. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a masterpiece in the ring, which this this was a tremendous technical technical match. But more than that, and with the storytelling, you want it to invoke real emotion. And there was a couple times during this match, you know, like you could, I could feel it like in my stomach, like, man, this is pretty cool. This is like a special match. Uh, and then even when Candice got involved, yeah, I, yeah, I popped. Like, go... Go get it for your man, you know? There, there. I, I want to touch on two things coming out of what you just said. Number one, the, the false finishes. Do you almost feel like the false finishes were almost there to put so much sympathy on Johnny that at a certain point you were like, dude, just stay down? Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, even as a Gargano fan that's pulling for Gargano, I was like, Johnny, just stay down. It's not your night, man. Just stay <laughs> down. Hey, and again, you know what lends that what lends to that feeling? Because on the commentary, they were telling us that. Yep, absolutely. Like this is an amazing effort. You'd have to shoot this guy, but should we actually, as as people, as friends of his, people who care, you know, about him, should we? Should someone go in there and stop this? Right. Like you almost wondered if the refs were going to stop this a couple of times. Nobody sells a concussion like Johnny Gargano. Man, a look on his face a couple times. And you know what was a really great effect, which obviously probably wasn't planned in any way, but the way that he had the blood set up on his lips, that dry, like crusty, that shit hurts, man. Yeah. And he's dealing through that. Then the other big match that I think everybody is dying to see now, Candice LeRae versus Zelina Vega, right? Book that shit. I want to see that match. I want to see Candace and Zelina throw the fuck down between the ropes. Do it up. Hey, you know what NXT does great, which you constantly put over. 
they know how to intertwine their, their programs. You know, we still got business here between Almas and Gargano, even though Almas has won three times here. We still got business because the ladies want to throw down. And then you got Chapa that's sitting there waiting in the wake. But we agree. So the programs going forward, you have Candice versus Zelina. You have Johnny versus Tommaso. Alistair Black versus Andrade Cien Almas. Trying to look forward to like the WrestleMania card here. Undisputed Era, maybe a War Machine. I'm sure they're going to try to squeeze Ricochet in there. Ricochet and Velveteen well, Dream. I'll tell you what's interesting, you know, is where this tag division goes. Uh, where do they go with Adam Cole? You know, where does EC3 fit into this? Man. They're, 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 they're getting a lot of talent down there, man, to where these two-hour shows or what was what was tonight's show? Two, two and a half? Right around two and a half. Right around two and a half. They're almost not enough just because of the accumulation of talent down there in NXT again. Anything else that you wanted to touch on when it comes to take over Philadelphia? Well, you know, the one big thing I wanted to throw out there, you know, a lot of people, like I said, were upset about this finish. You know, really thinking about this, you know, people that are anyone that's listening to us, it's upset. Two great things happened here. You solidified almost as a legit star and champion. I don't I would love for someone to come at me with with the argument that he is has not earned or or those that like to use that ter- the term deserve to be where he's at there. This guy has been around the world. He's a great star. He has earned this. He is a star. And for those that question it, they silence those naysayers tonight. On the flip side, with Johnny, you just invested. Johnny, you poured your heart out for Johnny. They told the story perfectly. They made the mentions of Daniel Bryant that you thought, hey, man, this, he's going to go over here. This is going to be the feel-good moment for all of us. All they did is make, make you want that more now. All the complaints you heard from you know individuals like how they handle Bailey, like they ruined it by telling the complete story on NXT. They're not giving this one away right here on NXT. We still got time for this. There's still bigger and better things to come for Johnny Wrestling down the road, and it can be in front of a much larger larger audience. Do you think that we get Champa and Gargano in New Orleans, or is that something that they save even for Brooklyn? Because Brooklyn is really the big NXT show. I think I think of all the NXT events, Brooklyn is more their WrestleMania than WrestleMania weekend is. You know, this like you said, this could be the feud of of the year. Hell man, possibly why not at both? Keep this thing going. But you know, a lot of people were kind of disappointed that what we saw from Ciampa was so little tonight. We got to remember because he had that brace on. He might that might be all he can do right now. Right. I was really hoping he was going to take that crutch and break it over Candace's head too. I, I was hoping that too. When oh, I was she, hoping when she, when she went to her knees to kind of brace Johnny and kind of gave him that look with some fear in her eyes. Yeah, and the camera just like zooms in on Champa and he's just I, sitting there I looking at her. We, I thought we were going to get it. You know, but but hey, but looking back, they're putting so much effort on the company this weekend to bring in outside PR eyes onto the company for these women's revolution. <laughs> Yay, women's revolution. And then night oh, before, you've got Chompa beating the shit out of yeah. Candace. 
Yeah, we've got special ring announcers. We're, the, the boss is doing commentary. This is the first ever women's rumble. Oh, by the way, last night we cracked the crutch over Finch's <laughs> head. <laughs> and the worst part is, is Candace could take it. And Candace would take it. Like, oh, for, for, for the benefit of the story. And, and like, she wouldn't think nothing about it. You hey, know, she, it would be everybody else. It would be, you know, the social justice warriors that would make a big deal out of it. She'd be like, what are you talking about? It was great. <laughs> you know? Oh, God, Ryan Satin would have material for fucking a month. <laughs> hey, when she jumped on Vega, she was throwing better punches than probably 85% of the red and blue brand. Yeah, she could definitely teach Dean Ambrose a thing or two. Could definitely teach Ambrose a thing or two. So that's going to wrap things up for TakeOver Philadelphia. As always, you can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Find us on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. You can find me across all social media platforms at not Jargo. Rick, how do the NXT fanboys find you? Well, you know, I just want to invite everyone this weekend to head on over to the gorillaposition.com. Ryan K and his boys, they've got some great, great exclusive going on involving the Rumble and all of professional wrestling in general. You're going to be able to find this show there. Uh, then also, you know, head on over to the Facebook, to the Hobby Media Discussion Group. You know, we had an awesome live discussion tonight. I think now we're almost pushing 900 comments because people are just still chiming in on the great action that we saw at TakeOver. Hey, we're just going to let that roll on over tomorrow to the Rumble. We've got some you know, some fantasy matchup voting going on. We're going to have polls, conversations going on. They're building, building up to our, uh, our Pick'em Challenge for the Rumble and another live discussion. It's going to be a fun, fun day or Sunday fun day over the top Sunday fun day. You're going to want to be a part of it. If you listen to our show on a regular basis, you know this is a regular part of the show. And I'm going to ask one last time in 2018, Rick, who's going to win the Royal Rumble tomorrow? I'm going with The Miz. And now here's my unpopular, and I, I think it's going to happen, and I'm going to freaking go on the air Mondays when we go inside the locker room with the Hameen, Hacker Hameen Media Group. I'm going to say Stephanie McMahon wins this thing and then gives her championship opportunity to, to Ronda. I am going to go with Roman Reigns to win the Royal Rumble. And I'm going to go with Asuka to win the Royal Rumble. I'm so afraid they're going to bring Jason Jordan out at 30 and Roman's going to eliminate Jason Jordan to win the Royal Rumble because that's why you're going to cheer Roman Reigns. Because he eliminates Jason Jordan I, to win the Rumble. I'm not really big with either one of those two being in that, like winning just from my personal perspective, but just to see what kind of reaction for a just a social project experiment. I, I almost, damn it, I want to see it just to see where that Philly crowd goes. Hey, you know, and hey, it might not be just the booze. We might actually get an old school wrestling riot. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. Remember when uh, they threw all the chairs at Terry Funk and Mick Foley in the ECW arena? That's that's kind of what I'm going for this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm thinking that. You know, I'm thinking Hogan up there just yep. getting, getting pummeled with freaking beer cans and yes. trash. And yep, that's what I'm expecting. Don't let me down, Philly. Everybody, bring your nine volts tomorrow. The city you of are, brotherly love. You are known as the biggest asshole fans on the planet for a reason. So let's bring it. I'll even encourage the fans of Philly just a little bit. Go Pats. So that's going to wrap up for the show for 
take over. We're out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I'm going to hang up now. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, no. No, you hang up. All right. There's a world of us curtains of eager excitement The sea of impatience waiting incitement It's all so enticing, it's all mesmerizing It's all hypnotizing, the rhythmic beguiling Hey!